Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our latest Outsport podcast. It is early June, end of the school year, World Cup's around the corner. Uh, Jim, you got big plans this weekend, the week before the Nike Summit? Uh, isn't it Gay Pride Weekend in L.A.? <laughs> it is. And it's Gay Pride Weekend in Los Angeles. That's where I'm we sure first you'll met. Be- Wow, you're right. Yeah, that I haven't gone to a nice. Pride event in ages, but I used to work them all the time, and I ran a booth for flag football, God, for like 12 years, and in 1996, Sid and I think Matthew was there the same day, our good friend. Wow, that's crazy, yeah. Came traipsing up to the booth, and the rest is history. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Gosh, we met at Gay Pride. Because my friend PJ, whom I was totally in love with and obsessed with, knew that I liked, I wanted to play sports and, and liked football, and so just kind of introduced me to Jim. He had played with you, right? Yes. And 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 yeah, I got those early days of flag football, just going out, throwing the ball around, heading to your house to play computer football. Gosh, those are the oh, days. don't remind me about that. <laughs> One day, Jim and I decided to play. We played with every single team. Did we play 16 games or did we play eight? Whatever it was, you probably won 15 of the 16. And the theme song for that, I still remember the theme song in my head. It's like you could play a game in about, what, 45 minutes maybe? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And we banged through... I think we had every team matched up, and I won 15 of 16 games. <laughs> just nothing. And it, and was, it was, was such a random... Like catatonic zombie. It was like a random... <laughs> and then Jim, who couldn't eat sugar, decided to have a bowl of ice cream with caramel sauce that night. And, yes, that was a rough day. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the few times I wish I had done drugs to take my... <laughs> take the pain away, but yeah. So we met. Yeah, it would have been Jesus, eighteen years ago, pretty much, roughly this weekend or sometime in June when Pride is. That's crazy. I just and and I just think of the stuff that we've done together, the trips we've gone on. The, I didn't expect it to be a little reminiscing, but I, I, meeting in, met in North Carolina for a. Colts Panthers game. That's right. Christmas gift to Jim one year. I was living in New York and he was in LA. And no, that was our ten year anniversary gift of knowing each other. Oh, was it? Yeah, he said you wanted to do something special, and so I think given the schedule, that was about the only game we could get tickets to, or something. For some reason, we wound up at Carolina. No, I told you. I I told you you could pick any game you wanted. Yeah, that's right. It was Carolina, and I think because I'd never been there and. And it was Peyton Manning, and you got to see Peyton Manning, and I got—I believe I got to see David Carr. He was the the backup for the Panthers at the time. And yes. Was it? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, it was, was 2007. 
Yeah, and it was it was over at halftime, as they say. <laughs> exactly, the Colts killed them. That was before the that was before the Cam Newton era. Yeah, right after the Jake Delhomme era, and I think it was Jake Delhomme. Gosh, these are wow. Well, it's funny too. You got the other side of the ball. You got John Fox coaching against Peyton Manning, and now they're both on the same team with Denver. Oh right. Wait, John Fox. Like, oh yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that was the time. Yeah, those were the days. Well, welcome to our House Sports Podcast. We're going to be joined by uh, Josie Becker from LAG Confidential to talk World Cup in in a minute. Uh, but just a just a quick. You know, nod to Nike and, and YouTube with a couple of big splashes this week, uh, campaign supporting LGBT athletes, uh, YouTube with their proud-to-play video series, and, and Nike with their Be True clothing collection, which goes to benefit the LGBT Sports Coalition, of which Outsports is a member. So that's kind of a, kind of a, kind of a big week. Did, what, did you, what did you think of the, uh, of the YouTube campaign, Jim? Did you see it? I did, you know, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I was hoping for more than the usual faces, I guess. Um, I mean, the video itself was fine, but it was sort of maybe because I'm so I see these people all the time and we've covered them. Yeah. Um, I was looking for fresher faces, but you know, and I think that would have been great to have athletes people maybe haven't heard of. Um, but. I, it's going to be a month-long series, so the ideas are going to get user-generated content. Um, so that part is a great idea, and I hope I hope we get more and more videos of people. But to have a Kobe Bryant is, you know, involved in that kind of campaign. Well, he's come a long way from his his slur he issued a few years ago. So I think it shows people change. But it's a great. I think it's a great idea. I love the idea, and I love the, what Nike's doing with the Be True stuff. Um, I just wish I could find it on YouTube. We were talking yesterday. It's a little bit. <laughs> Hard to find. It's supposed to be on the home page, but it's not on the home page unless you put an HTTP in front of it. It's weird, but uh, we'll get some of the kinks ironed out, make it easier to find. Yeah, it's weird. But it's more than familiar. 4 million page views so far, the, the video, so people are looking at it. Oh, and YouTube's promotion arm is behind it. Uh, one of the familiar faces in, in that proud-to-play video is Robbie Rogers, and somebody who knows Robbie Rogers, I won't say that, she knows Robbie Rogers intimately, but she knows Robbie Rogers intimately. And Josie Becker from LAG Confidential, SB Nation's LA Galaxy blog. Josie, how are you today? Uh, I am super fantastic. How are y'all doing? Good. Can't complain. Um, Robbie, just before we wanted to want to talk to you about the World Cup, but but since you were talking about this proud to play campaign on YouTube, Robbie Rogers, he's been injured this season and i know that you uh he he showed up in a game recently what does this season hold for him i mean it's uh obviously it's been about a year since since the galaxy acquired him how has the last year been and 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 what do you expect from from the next few months yeah you know it was a really it's been a really rough year um he's not just this season's injury uh which kind of happened in preseason uh, but you know, last year he dealt with a lot of uh, hamstring issues and kind of kept him in and out of the lineup. And you know, this is a player that, for Galaxy fans, you know, he, the trade with for Mike McGee, there was the expectation that he'd be you know contributing, starting almost right away, and it's been you know a year, and we still haven't really gotten that uh, contribution. 
which is uh, unfortunate that you know, he had all those injuries. But now he's kind of trying out a new position. Um, there, you know, Bruce Arena had to bring in some other midfielders uh, with all of his, his injuries. Um, and so now he's kind of playing a more defensive position. Uh, he got an assist in his appearance. Uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, kind of playing that attacking defender going forward. So if that can work out for him, and certainly it's a position that Galaxy need because uh, they've had a rash of injuries in their defense, he could be a, a big contributor. Uh, but uh, if that isn't the case, and if Bruce Arena wants to kind of move him back into the midfield, he's got a lot of competition, and uh, there's no guarantees. Well, this is uh, Jim, uh, but isn't this actually – interesting about this is he's considered simply another player right now the whole sexual orientation angle is pretty much non-existent with him he's being treated and viewed and reported on like he's simply another member of the galaxy yeah and it it, i'd say probably after that first month you know he gets his first appearance it's on national tv it's a big deal uh but then after that it's pretty much just been business as usual um you know, it hasn't been really like a, the, the circus that people were kind of predicting, and why they are predicting that I have no idea. But it's it's calmed down. Um, I, I remember there was a story from the preseason where Landon Donovan organized a night out for players, and he wrote on the whiteboard, you know, no uh, no girlfriends or boyfriends, and it was just like, you know, that that's cool that in the locker room, it's just part of the the language is not even like a weird thing so that's cool well you mentioned landon donovan obviously there's been lots of talk about him over the last uh week or so how shocked were you that he was left off the the u.s men's national team well Who were you you know <laughs> after i uh pulled myself off the floor and a giant ball was crying um then I was shocked, and um, and and it was shocked because there was no, there were hints all along the way, but he kept getting called into various games and camps, so the hint sort of, you felt that he had overcome whatever the stipulations Jurgen Klinsmann was placing on him, but you know a lot of people are starting to coalesce on. This all goes back to him taking his sabbatical. Um, and you know, going back to Roger Rogers, that's something Rogers did himself, you know, before he joined the Galaxy, kind of to step away from the game to clear his head. Lennon Donovan needed to clear his head. And, you know, there are some coaches that aren't really supportive of going and taking a mental health break. You know, if you're physically able to go, you should be playing. Uh, and I think that's sort of been the rift between Donovan and Klinsman, because Donovan was taking that break when Klinsman really kind of took over the reins. And there's just been that tension between them. And I don't think Klinsman thought that uh, Donovan ever really met whatever expectations he had placed. So looking ahead then for the U.S. team, um, it's a young team. Klinsman tries to spin it as it's you know more athletic. Um, we're in what some people call the group of death with the Ghana, Portugal, and Germany. Um, how do you see the U.S. chances of getting out of the kind of the round robin? Uh, I mean, talent-wise, the U.S. are you know 
third or fourth in, in that group. You know, they don't have a Cristiano Ronaldo. They don't have the Uber team that is the Germans. And Ghana has some great athletes. So it's not looking all that great for the U.S. I, I think what Klinsman is trying to do, because there are, you know, if you look at the average age, there are some 32-year-old players like Lennon Donovan is that you know don't have World Cup experience that are going for the first time. Um, and you do have a lot of young players with no World Cup experience and even limited club experience. So I think Clemson's trying to take a group that he thinks are just the best athletes because in a lot of ways it is kind of a young person's tournament where you know you're playing much more frequently than you might normally for your club team. Uh, you're playing in really strange conditions, a lot of travel. You know, injuries are certainly a concern in a tournament like that. And so, bringing players that are going to be a little more resilient uh, to those challenges is certainly a uh, one way of approaching it. Um, but you know, the U.S. does have Michael Bradley and Clint Dempsey, who have combined for some great play uh, throughout all of qualifying, and we'll see what happens. Seems like depending on who you ask, obviously the defending champion Spain is uh, is either the favorite to win or might not even get out of their group. What do you think are their chances of, of potentially becoming one of the great teams of all time and, and, and winning this World Cup? Yeah, well, you know the the World Cup cycles. You know, it's really hard to to repeat. It's really hard to keep that same kind of core going from one cycle to the next. Um, I. I I think they're fine to get out of their group. Um, you know, it's always when the tournament is held in South America, there's like extra ten bonus points given to all the South American teams that they're just going to find some magic. Um, and so certainly having uh, Netherlands in there and then Chile uh, is difficult. But there's you know everyone's going to beat up on the Australians, and then it's just a matter of getting results in the tougher games. Well, I do think I think. Every tournament in South America has been won by a South American team, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But which leaves, which leaves you to the host, Brazil, which some people seem to think it's theirs to lose. Do you agree? Uh, I, I really don't agree. Uh, I don't, I don't, and you know, Brazil didn't have to qualify. Um, so you know, they haven't been playing the same level of matches that a lot of the other countries have. Um, they've got a favorable group. You know, Mexico has been having tons of problems. Um, you know, and certainly they're going to advance far in the tournament, but I don't think they're an out-and-out favorite um, when there's, you know, things have progressed, so it's not just, oh, well, everyone's traveling to South America, and so the South American teams are going to do super fantastic, and it's going to be a Brazil-Uruguay final. You know, things are a lot different in 2014 than they were in 1934, what are some of the storylines that you're going to be really looking for? It could, it could be with the U.S. team, but maybe maybe some, some things that, that you're going to be watching carefully that, that some of our listeners might not really be honed in on right now. Uh, well, you know, the U.S. team is definitely my specialty. I, I can't speak with too much authority on the rest of the world, um, but certainly with the U.S., uh, it's, it's the defense. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's been mixing up his back line a lot recently. Um, Omar Gonzalez, with the recent injury, has kind of fallen out. Um, and we've got a new center-back pairing that really hasn't played much together at all. And just you know, seeing what ability, if any, the U.S. has to keep the ball out of the back of the net. 
uh, is going to be something to look for. Um, if they're going to need to score a lot of goals on their own, um, and they can't rely on getting too many one-nil victories. And what about uh, what are people talking about uh, about sleepers this year? Teams that nobody's paying that much attention to that might wind up surprising, like Uruguay made the semis four years ago, for example. Yeah, um, you know, it, I haven't heard too much about any specific sleeper. Um, you know, the tournament every year, every cycle has a bunch of surprises, and it's really hard to, you know, predict which ones are going to come out on top. I definitely see Russia as a team that has a lot of potential, uh, and with Russia hosting the World Cup in another four years, you know, they're really looking to put together a squad that will start to turn some heads, in, in you know, especially in Europe. Um, and they've got a, a group that's reasonably favorable, and I could see them going deep. Klinsman said, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, that the, the U.S. can't win this World Cup. <laughs> what do you think of a, of a manager saying that a week before <laughs> The World Cup starts. Yeah, you know, I think Jurgen Klinsmann's motivation uh, style is certainly uh, unique to him. Uh, you know, he's he's trying to get his group of players to to play together. You know, you want a you know a twenty three man roster where everyone's on the same end of the rope pulling together, um, and I can see it as you know him being the bad guy. You know, he's kind of going out there and saying, you guys can't do it. I don't think you guys can do it and prove me wrong. You know, Alexi Lawless said the same exact thing to the to the U.S. team when they're standing five feet away from him on ESPN. You know, he's not their coach, but, you know, it's that whole prove me wrong thing. Yeah, at the end of the day, I actually think it's not a bad motivational technique. And if he wants to get his team mad at him and, and show him, that's pretty much a way to do it. Yeah, you know, and he's got, like we've mentioned, he does have a lot of young players, and, you know, young players are going to respond better to adversity, and, you know, you you want to go out and scare them more than you want to kind of blow smoke up their butt. You know, these are guys who are coming into their, their first World Cup, and you kind of have to let them know the world does not expect you to win. No one expects you to win. I don't expect you to win. So if you want to win, then you're going to have to find something extra. Well, and you mentioned uh, Russia turning heads, and let's let's talk about turning heads in a different way. We ran a list from a, a soccer fan of her her 180 hottest World Cup players. Uh, you like to weigh in on who you think, just from the eye candy point of view, or some of the some of the players that catch your eye when you're watching soccer. Oh Lord! Um, well. Besides Ronaldo. Um. In, in, in the interest of full disclosure, and you know, I'm on the right podcast for this. I I, I do find both sides of the coin um, quite attractive. So I'm going to name uh, you know some male players as well as some female players sure. that I think are quite hot. Um, but on, on the U.S., uh, Nick Diskerud uh, is kind of a new player coming up. Oh, he's got this long hair and a wonderful smile. Um, Definitely a fan of Nick Diskerud. Uh and on on the U.S. side, uh, I mean on the women's side. Sorry, uh, Alex Morgan. She's God. Uh, 
<laughs> if I had like my my two posters on my my teenage wall, it'd be Alex Morgan on one side and Nick's Discrude on the other, and my parents <laughs> in the back going, "Jesus Christ, pick one." Anyway, so. <laughs> Megan Rapino kind of does it for me. I really I like I just I love her energy and and I, I love her with the platinum blonde hair. Mhm. Yeah, she's got she has, she has a good look yeah, going on. <laughs> what I liked about the list. No, no Alex we, Morgan. Well, the, the list we ran, the, the woman did 180, and she listed it. I couldn't pick everyone. I'm thinking you picked like 30 percent of the players on your on your list of a hot. Uh, except I think she picked the entire Spanish team. I think she just listed them all. But uh, <laughs> it is a great sport for that um, because there tends to be a lot of the. Well, Ronaldo's famous for ripping off his shirt when he scores a goal, but after the end of the match, there's the the shirt exchange. In a lot of these yeah. things, no, it's a uh, you know the, the shirtless pick is not a uh, you know you don't have to spy on spy on the beach for the shirtless pick. It's it's right out there in the open, um, and you know soccer players they run multiple miles every game. You know this isn't not to defame baseball, but you know some of the pitchers <laughs> have beer bellies and they're kind of slovenly, uh, and in soccer you have much more. You, know, you have to be an athlete. You have to be in great shape. Um, and that produces, um, you know, some Adonis types out there. And, and to stick Adonis types in Brazil, it's not even fair. <laughs> I love it the is, Mexican gonna... the Mexican coach who said that the, none of his players were allowed to have sex while they were in Brazil. And I'm thinking, <laughs> have you not been to Brazil? <laughs> well, and I think he also banned beef tacos. Um, so he's definitely kind of placed some odd restrictions on them. Yeah, just just the beef tacos. I think Carnitas is still fine, um, but you know it's it's and yeah, it's a lot a lot like the Olympics. You know, you hear all the stories about the Olympic Village and the shenanigans that go on there. Um, so you know, I imagine that there's certainly uh, an effort on coaches to keep the players focused on the, the matches, <laughs> and not all the distractions that are going to be in abundance. Well, some of them, though, that some of the locations is one right in pretty much a city in the middle of the Amazon jungle, um, yeah. and that's one where the, the the British got in trouble for basically insulting the entire country of Brazil. Uh, but I think a lot of these guys also they're professional athletes, so they have the money. They'll, they'll be staying in really nice hotels, I imagine, as opposed to an Olympic village. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be a little bit easier for them. But you have the U.S. Klinsman say he doesn't care what his players do as long as they that he treats them as professionals and the Brazilian coach said they can have sex as long as it's not normal as long as it's normal sex and not what he called acrobatic sex which I'm not sure what the <laughs> distinction there is <laughs> I think it involves swings if you get a swing involved that's that's right out Well Josie thank you so much for joining us and and we'll definitely check out the wait, LAG- wait 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 we can't let Josie because she has to what, make what? a pick give us a final who's going to oh. beat who in the final Oh good lord. Um <laughs> let's let's put my final as Brazil versus Russia. I'll go with my dark horse pick. Brazil oh, versus Russia and uh Brazil win two one. You just told us that Brazil wasn't the favorite to win. <laughs> it's in All right, Brazil. I mean my 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 analysis my analysis side doesn't want to, you know, just go with the cliche, but for crying out loud, it's in freaking Brazil. Anyway. 
what it comes down to. That's why I hate making picks. It's so they're so random. You put on the spot, and it's like, all right, well, let me let me pull some names out of a hat. Throw a dart uh, board. Well, again, thank you for joining us. You can check out lagconfidential.com. Follow the LA Galaxy, and she'll be all over Robbie Rogers all season long. Uh, figuratively, oh, yeah. all over Robbie Rogers. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, Josie. No problem. Thanks. Thank you, guys. So how much of the World Very Cup cool. are you going to watch? Well, we'll be in Portland for the Nike LGBT the Sports Center for the first few days, so probably won't watch any of that. Uh, after that, you know, when I'm sitting here, I'll probably flip it on if there's if there's a good match or somebody that I'll root for. I mean, I, my family comes from Germany, so I'd like to see the Germans do well or the Americans or... I don't know. Well, the timing. It'll be like good. the NBA. I'll watch it. I'll watch it when it's down to the final four. Well, I, for me, a lot of times if I'm working at home and the game's on, and like the U.S.'s first game is Monday after the summit, and it's a 2:30 Pacific start, so you know I'll be available because the time difference is not too bad. I think it's five hours with Brazil, so you don't have those ungodly early morning games. So most of them are going to be kind of midday. Um, late afternoon Los Angeles time, so they're a little more accessible. Um, I, I am curious to see how the U.S. does. If, if, if this is going to be a complete disaster or if there's a miracle on ice component to it where this coach with the, with the vision is able to you know, get out of this group. Some, I mean, getting out of that group somehow would be a huge upset. So I'm curious to see where in there it falls. Yeah, and I think also he he's thinking long term. He already is guaranteed to be back in 2018, so he's often billing for the future. So, in some ways, if he doesn't get out of the group, I don't I don't think there'll be any calls for his head because he's already been signed for the next World Cup, and so he has a certain level of job security. So maybe this is his way to try to build the team. But yeah, I mean, trying to be I mean, Ghana always gives U.S. fits, and and to get by Portugal or Germany is just going to be really tough to make it to the to the round of 16. Um, which, you know, would be an accomplishment, I think, to get that far for the U.S. Well, there's a difference between finishing fourth in your group and finishing fourth in your group while allowing 15 goals. So it would be... Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Um, but, no, I kind of, you know, I watch it. I always watch the final with our friend Jim Allen and Billy Witz from the, writes for the New York Times, uh, just become a tradition. But I'm kind of like you that I, it's not appointment viewing. The great thing about it with the DVR is you hit the you hit the you know you just leave it on the station and then if you miss a goal you can just always fast forward you know fast forward through until you get the goal and you can hear the English guy for ESPN screaming. So yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's I don't know, and it's, it's it's at the same time as you got the Stanley Cup Finals going, you got the NBA Finals tipping off tonight, right? Yeah, but the Stanley Cup will probably pretty much be over by next week. Meaning, it's yeah, game. It might be game seven, might be early next, you know, late next week. But you mean they're not like the NBA where they schedule a game like every two weeks? <laughs> no, it's actually not. Yeah, it's over before the NBA Finals. And it even then, the NBA be, Finals I mean, aren't going aren't, aren't to conflict anyway because uh, the, the games in Brazil are at a different time. So. Yeah, that's true. Right. They're not, they're not prime time like the NBA Finals. Well, all right. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Chances are we will not be here next week. We'll be in Portland for the Nike LGBT Sports Summit. 
So if we miss you next week, we will catch you after that.